Everybody, welcome to another episode of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Jason Garcia. So once again, thank you for taking the time out of your day, giving the listener something to listen to. Please introduce yourself, where you're at, where you've been, what you do, anything you'd like the world to know. Right on. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Jason Garcia. I live in Tokyo, been here almost six years, and uh, I um, I'm a photographer of uh, many, many years. I basically grew up in a photography household. Um, my mom took photography in college and just did a ton of photography for, you know, her studies. And, and when I came along, she sought me a lot and uh, that was kind of cool. And my dad is an artist, so he was always shooting, uh, uh, for reference. Mm. So you walk into a, you know, I would walk into a studio, there'd be, you know, photos everywhere. And, you know, he could use those for, you know, painting wildlife, uh, whatever it is. So even today you walk into a studio, there are thousands and thousands of printed out, uh, you know, photos. And up until, I don't know, maybe about six or seven years ago, those were all film. So thousands and thousands and thousands of film photos like surrounded me all the time. So it was cool. It's kind of like this natural, you know, progression, little Jason, little Jason. you know, he, uh, he yeah, starts, starts getting interested in uh, photography at a young age, like, like preteen. And, um, I remember I was probably about, I don't know, maybe about, maybe about 13 years old. I, uh, I entered this contest for my, um, I don't know. It was like a, like a local city contest, right? Cause I was really into photography. I was really, you know, wanting to experiment, you know, little Jason was out there doing whatever it was, you know, trying to be like mom and dad. And, um, this contest came up and, uh, the new city hall in, in my, my neighborhood was just finished completion. So I went out at night with my tripod and my, my mom's Canon camera and, Took a few film photos, black and white, of, uh, you know, our new city hall at night and got runner up, you know, like the silver medal award. And this little kid, you know, basically uh, was off and running, you know, and it was really cool. And I experimented a little bit in, uh, and then uh, in high school, took four years of photography. And that was cool because uh, my photographer, my, uh, my professor was very much like this guy that, you know, wanted to teach like not only the basics, but was really into composition mm-hmm. and was really wanting us to learn, um, you know, how to just how to compose and, you know, how to use that depth of field and, and all sorts of things. And, you know, the golden ratio type stuff and, um, not at all concerned with, uh, big grapes as far as, what photographers were shooting, what, when, you know, I had no idea who any other photographers were in the world, aside from my parents. So I was kind of cool. And, you know, throughout high school, I would just, you know, do my assignments, shoot around town, you know, this, that, and the other. And then, uh, when I graduated high school, my parents gifted me, um, a Minolta, uh, X7A, mm-hmm. So it was basically my first very own film camera. And, uh, that was cool. It was just a, a great way to set me off, you know, graduation present. And I started shooting uh, live bands. Uh, this is in San Diego. I grew up in San Diego. Okay. So 
you know, Southern California is like, a, has a real, had a real bustling music scene. And yeah. I just cruise out with the, uh, with the camera, with my flash and, um, shoot a ton of, uh, shoot a ton of live music and, you know, nothing special. And I wasn't really into, didn't know what slow sync flash photography was. I just went shot, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. And, um, so for many years, I just um, carried my camera wherever I went and shot, you know, as many people did or do was just you know, shoot with their friends, shoot, uh, you know, it's kind of like this hobby of mine uh, ever since, uh, you know, going into my twenties and um, later on in life, um, I was still shooting a bit, um, you know, sort of, you know, growing up, I was interested in other things, but um, when digital photography came around, I basically, uh, just started shooting with uh, cameras that were at work mm-hmm. and really enjoyed, um, once again, getting back into photography this time with a digital, digital camera. And once again, there's sort of nothing special like there's like Canon D10 or 10D or something like that or D60. I can't even remember, but anyway, these cameras just did it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they were special, but they really hit for me. So I picked up live music again and started shooting, um, events, mostly, uh, you know, a designer. I have been a designer for quite a long time. So I'd go to these meetups and I was always the guy with the camera, you know, You're the camera guy. and yeah. So oh, here's Jason. He's got a camera. And at that time, Flickr was, was sort of my, my go-to for, uploading all these like sets of photos from these events. So you know, it'd be like a couple hundred photos that people could see what's going on and then people could use them in their, you know, messaging or they could just do whatever. It was like this really cool time. So people could just, you know, be a part of the, you know, be a part of the, of the, of the moment in photos. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just life, um, changed really quickly for me and uh you know photography sort of took a backseat a little bit um but you know still shooting uh, at work too so more for marketing products and i did a lot of product photography oh probably around 2002 2003 and then you know that led to just being really confident with um lighting and just shooting different cool stuff for marketing purposes and like products and whatnot. Yeah. So my photography on the street and doing like live music, live music shots and all this type of thing took a backseat. So I was more focused on what was going on at work uh, with photography. And then I moved to New York city and photography even took more of a, a backseat. And even though I was still shooting, I was once again still shooting for marketing and advertising. Um, and since I knew how to craft, you know, quality image, um, and know what I needed to uh, happen on the scene, on a set, this type of thing, I was able to hire photographers too. So I was able to art direct, uh, photography, um, for different kinds of things. So I was really involved with, uh, NYC, um, fashion, uh, made in New York fashion. Mm-hmm. So I was able, able to, um, hire 
namely uh, Kevin Scanlon, who was a really great photographer out of L.A., um, and I knew his work, so I was able to, you know, trust him and trust my skills, knowing what I needed from a photographer. I could bring him in. He could shoot all this amazing stuff. So props to him for um, being uh, somebody that I could count on. And what's interesting about Kevin, Kevin actually hipped me to um, how to shoot slow sync photography. So Kevin and I sort of went back a number of years and it was cool to have this bond with him. So we got better on set. Um, I could ask of him, you know, what kind of, you know, I'm looking for this kind of photo, et cetera, et cetera. So, but also as a friend, he was able to sort of push me as well, um, with my photography. And that was a really good nudge to start, start shooting more on the street out and about. Mm-hmm. So I'd often like cruise up to Harlem and, uh, just find, and, you know, some interesting settings, you know, these sort of, you know, South Williamsburg in the summer, it's just like everybody's outside, you know, it's hot, sweaty, and there's just really cool stuff happening in New York. So things started to evolve again for me. Yeah. So getting out of the work mode and, and more into the, I'm shooting for the joy and for the moment and for like just this love of photography again. And it was a really valuable time for me to discover what was important. And at that time, gear was not important for me. Mm-hmm. I just shot with my, uh, whatever digital camera I had and it was super cool. And, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I, after sort of putting the work photography, you know, behind me, uh, you know, for marketing and advertising, things like that. Um, I started shooting a lot more black and white. So when I'm out in the street, I uh, would often shoot JPEGs and black and white JPEGs. So there's no going back, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so that was, that was great. Uh, learning how to, how to meter, you know, how to uh, expose for different things. That was super, um, you know, it's what I was trained as a kid, you know, to sort of, sort of do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was delightful. And, um, after a number of years in New York, I moved to Tokyo and then all of a sudden, you know, something really just took over was, uh, very much into the discovery mode of being on the street, like, you know, taking New York city times 10, Yes, you know, and then being away from, um, you know, I've become a foreigner Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm no longer, um, in the middle of where I'm comfortable, but, what was cool is I was able to find this community of really great people, really great photographers, uh, you know, making connections like yourself, making, uh, you know, meeting people who were like-minded and wanted to get out and shoot and be on the street. And it really, really just, just really, um, made a dent in my sort of, you know, this discovery, this rediscovery of, my joy of photography. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I really just enjoy walking mm-hmm. and most of the time it's with myself, uh, and shooting, um, not so much people on the street, but things on the street or settings of the street. So, you know, this, this urban photography that really is wholly urban and not just people focused. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that's sort of what I've always been into and really just found that, um, Tokyo is just like this whole, you know, as for many people coming in here, world of its own. <laughs> yeah, foreigners, yeah, foreigners <laughs> just, you know, like I just want to see the city. So I just walk everywhere. Yeah. I still do just walk everywhere, whether it's like super suburban, super, you know, uh, maybe even a little bit rural, uh, but mostly in the heart of the city. And, um, you know, it was, it was cool meeting people. It was, it was hard to like dial in who was doing what, you know, five and a half years ago. Didn't know anyone, didn't know how to connect with people. Um, I didn't, um, there was no like, uh, I'm a new foreigner community who likes photography channel, you know? So, they're starting to come uh, up. So, yeah, yeah, totally. But it was cool because also able to find people like on my own. And then all of a sudden it was just sort of like a, a the floodgates open. So, you know, once you meet five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people, then, you know, 20 and then, you know, 25 and 30. So mm-hmm. things have been great over the past couple of years. And I don't know about anyone else in my community, but COVID really, uh, really sort of made me think back to why I started shooting mm-hmm. and what I was shooting, meaning film. And, you know, film was where I started and film was where I learned and loved. And I was on this, I started this quest to shoot film during COVID and uh, you know, shoot film again on during COVID. So, I had, you know, going off of nothing, basically. Like, I didn't know what film existed anymore. Um, I had no idea what, um, when ca- film cameras were stopped being made. Um, I had no idea. And that was a very, very cool time. I could, you know, search all over the place, you know, YouTube and Instagram, like all these places. What are people shooting? And... I also didn't want to break the bank. So it was also a really great time. Like, how can I get the best camera, the cheapest price? Shinjuku. (laughs) Simple. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really fun. And you know, that, that process was me like Googling what was Canon's last film camera ever made, you know? And then I sort of like worked my way back. So I discovered what camera did what, Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the pro level, um, if there's a, like a consumer grade camera that might be, um, you know, that shot EF mount lenses, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, there's like this, this the EOS yeah, lens. there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was cool. And, uh, you know, I, I picked up, um, Canon A1 and really started experimenting with that. I had a couple couple lenses with that and um didn't like it for some reason it just uh, i didn't you know it's so much about this, this sort of form feel and the texture and sort of plasticky. something going on that you have to love it was very plasticky well i just there's something about it that i didn't like so I sold at that you know i started buying a uh, little range finders a couple of minolta uh range finders and a couple of canon range finders you know it's qls and mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, super fun. It's also part of it. You know, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to, if I was going to shoot film, it's going to be delightful. Right. (laughs) So, 
I probably went through four or five film rigs that didn't hit for me and was sort of disappointing. And, you know, this whole time I'm shooting and, and, and I'm also discovering like what film I like. And I've probably shot like, I don't know, 10, 12 different kind of film stock. And I got a whole bunch of like cool old stuff and, you know, really just settled on a few mm-hmm. film stocks that I really love during this time. And then finally I found, um, the Canon EOS one N and that was second to the last film camera that Canon ever made. Yeah. You still use that. You one. Know, that was the one you I do, I do. Met, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's the camera that is like, if you want something like perfectly exposed, just take that out. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can ch- change all different kind of metering on it. It's got all these bells and whistles, like basically the G2, you know, the next like step was, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, they, they built their digital rigs off that platform, you know? Yeah. So this camera like does it all, you know, like talk to you practically. So if let's say I'm shooting a film, I, I don't, I've never shot before. I'll take, I'll put it in that camera. Cause I'm, you know, guaranteed to just like, it's going to hit every time. Mm-hmm. And that thing is built like a tank, right? Like you can build serious muscles with this rig. It's so heavy, <laughs> it's like self-defense mechanism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, from there, I was like, you know what? I want something super, now I want something super light and super effective that I can use my EF lenses on. So I got this, you know, super consumer, you know, uh, a camera that's, what is the EOS, the KISS EOS, something like that. Yeah. It's like, this, it's tiny. It's, it's all plastic. It's, but you it's know what? level film it's, camera. It's a, totally, totally. And it's beautiful, you know? If I just, you know, I could put on that fast 50 and this little thing, it's like the lightest little thing. It's just put it in my pocket practically. So those two cameras were really sort of, um, a delight in finding, uh, what I wanted. You know, I could get really great photos like every time, but one was heavy, you know, so I need a light one. So those two were great. So I started shooting uh, those for, you know, quite a lot. And produced, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos, generated a photo book with it. I don't know if I've given you one, but uh, if, if I haven't, I got, I got one coming to you. Yeah. So next time you're, next time you're in town, I'll give you a book that basically features most, the photos are mostly from the US 1N and this, this KISS camera. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like very, very fun. Very fun. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I will. Um, so also during this time, I started developing my own film mm-hmm. uh, so that I could not only just save a little money, but it was part of that experience too. Being able to develop my own black and white film was something that I could, I could control everything. Now, not only putting film in the camera and taking the shots, but I could also develop it. So basically, I could... Um, you know, I could go in, um, develop this a certain way and know that the turnout is just going to be exactly like how I, how I envisioned it. And, you know, that was a little bit of trial and error, but it was, it was pretty easy. And, you know, developing at home has just been super fun and super easy for me. I use Kodak D76, yeah. uh, Which dilution and a couple other use? Ilford products. What's that? Which dilution do you use? Uh, I use stock. Okay. 
Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's super basic now. And it's just, I could go in and just know exactly, you know, what film is going to do what. And, uh, you know, so once again, these two cameras and developing at home was sort of thanks COVID, you know, you actually turned out to be an awesome thing <laughs> because it was also very therapeutic, you know, being able to, um, not go outside as much, you know, couldn't dine out as much or at all and couldn't really do a whole lot of anything, but I could go out in the middle of Tokyo with the empty streets and find cool stuff, come home, develop my work, scan it, et cetera, et cetera. So that was fun. And, you know, after, uh, you know, a couple of years of that, I was like, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get my grail camera. So, you know, I picked that up a couple of years ago. That was my, like, like I am six, which I really love. And it was basically pretty much brand new. And it's just before like things started getting super crazy with prices. And, you know, that's just been, uh, my camera that I enjoy slowing down with. You know, a lot of people use these for, you know, street photography, um, zone focusing, you know, in the, in the intersections, you know, this type of thing. But for me, I really enjoy slowing down with this camera. I like using, um, using it for moments of what I discover on the street, Mm -hmm. you know, the grit, the grime, all that stuff. And my other cameras are just like, boom, 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 you know, I can blast off, you know, however many frames per second, you know, uh, of people on the street, et cetera, et cetera. But the Leica really um, is kind of, I consider it like my art camera, you know? Um, so I would probably say during this time in the last you know year and a half, I was able to become friends with more people, um, more photographers in town. Yeah. And, I'm you know, forge those relationships. Yeah, forge those relationships that really were meaningful and where I could talk to people about what I was doing and talk to them about, well, you know, ask them, like, what do you do? What do you shoot with? What, um, you know, what's your ethos, you know, behind the lens. And, um, it was good. It was very good. And most of the folks that I ended up hanging out with were, you know, street photographers, people capturing other people in moments, et cetera, et cetera. And that's helped my photography, um, sort of morph and change and take on uh, a different life. And that has also been really cool. So there's a, a moment where I could see a shift of my photography. I'm not shooting, you know, these alleys of, you know, broken down, whatever piles of trash, you know, just the things you don't normally see, but Mm. I started finding myself, um, taking photos of people a lot more. And it was really cool and it was really fun. And, you know, I really do, um, dig getting out on the, on the street, on, in the intersection, looking for the light, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, somebody's walking into the light. Okay, go. Oh, I see some light. I'm going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's, it's been delightful. I have a, a few really good friends here that, um, I cherish and, uh, you know, I have the utmost respect for, uh, because it's also this, um, this, uh, reciprocal type thing. There's a reciprocal, um, 
part of um, the community that I sought out. And a few people have really, you know, been there for me and vice versa. And it's nice to just hear from them uh, every once in a while. I'll be like, hey, what's going on? Are you all good? Um, yep, I'm cool. You shooting today? No, I'm hanging with my family. Oh, great. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're having a barbecue. Oh, great. That's, you know, so we're talking a little bit more about not just the film, we're talking about the family. And that's actually meaningful uh, for me. Um, even though I am a photographer and I've been a photographer most of my life, yeah. there's this, this part of, of um, being able to forge like this, this family moment yeah. with your friends. And I, I really, really dig that. We have the Fast and the um, Furious, but with cameras. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like that. I'm not, I'm not triple left now. I'm yeah. a fast and free as my family kind yeah. of thing, you know. And um, it's been, uh, it's been good. And speaking of family, my daughter, who's now 20, uh, going to college in the states, she just recently visited mm-hmm. um, for the last couple of weeks, and she's going. She's a, she's a film major in college now. Um, nice, congratulations to her. She, yeah, thanks. She's, um, you know, wants to make videos and direct and produce and all, all those things, right? Yeah. So she's grown up seeing uh, that camera stuck to my face. And um, she's got her own uh, Canon Autoboy point and shoot that she loves. Mm-hmm. And um, she blasted off a number of roles when she was here and just had a blast, man. She's having a good time. You know, she's learning about film, she's learning about all the aspects of how to shoot, what to shoot, why to shoot, you yeah. know? That's why you got to uh, teach her. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's just sort of been witness to all the things, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I do have a little, like, hard, you know, lessons, uh, or lessons for her yeah. um, that she, she soaks up. But, man, she got her first SLR on nice. her vacation here. Okay. Yeah. So you take she she got, a, got an old, old Minolta. Ah, she followed uh, in your old. footsteps. Yeah, man. I think it's like, was it ST101? Okay. So, yeah. And she got a really great lens with it. 50 millimeter, I think. Yeah, 1.7. No, I I don't remember. But 50 millimeter, 1.7 Minolta lens uh, to pair with her uh, ST101. And great camera. Just, you know, replaced some of the foamy bits inside for the light leaks. And then did a few, you know, we cleaned it up together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a whole brave new world for her too. And, um, kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of the evolution of, of me and what's happening. And I think part of what I'm discovering recently, I'd probably say within the last, I don't know, eight, nine months is, um, I've been on Twitter for, well, since 2008, and on and off. And the photography community is just like smash and bash and grab, you know? <laughs> and, and it's been interesting to be in a time where, where I can, uh, think about what's important to me and I can think about, you know, how I can, you know, sort of, sort of shrug off, you know, grief that people might have, uh, with me or with photography in general, if somebody's like super like opinionated on something and I don't let it piss me off anymore. You know, there's always, there, there was a time when I was just like, ah, whatever, man, that, that's a little crap. But now I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's your, it's your opinion. You know, you do what you want. I'll, I'll do me. And, 
we'll go from there. So it's been nice to also be in this, um, sort of this mode where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to, uh, hopefully help people along that way too. Yeah. And maybe uh, give some advice or just listen to what people say. You know, sometimes like there are actually, there are many moments where people want to talk and they assume like, you know, you don't know what, what what's happening or what they're talking about and fine. But as long as you're listening to them and hear what they have to say, that's, it's really valuable. Right. Yeah. Um, so whether I know or not what they're talking about, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's about, you know, making people, um, feel, you know, heard or validated, um, with their photography. And if something comes up, you know, if yeah. they do want your opinion or your professional opinion on something, you know, you can do so. And also, you know, kind of understand like maybe you need to like tread lightly. Yeah. So you that's, know? or maybe, or maybe there's some sort of like this hard, this hard love, this hard fact. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of also a learning experience on, I would say, our end as the listeners, because maybe they have something, they have a vision that we may not be privy to and we don't understand it. We've never done it. And it's mm. kind of like a math equation. There's like so many ways to get to one answer, but like you would be the teacher and you're trying to teach it the textbook way, right? So it's like, okay, it's like one minus one plus three, it, like there's right. a set order you have to, the order of operations. Right, right, right. And then, so like, you know, when you were in school, you did the work, you found a way that works for you, you got the right answer, but the equation on the inside was all wrong. But what's, mm-hmm. what matters? Is it the right answer or the right equation to get the right answer? So like, if, yeah, totally, man. if someone can teach you a different way of the equation to get to the same answer, who's incorrect? Right. Yeah. I, I, I I think I kind of like equate it to maybe baseball. You know, you hit like you hit the ball and it, it goes over the, the infield and you got get the first base. Yeah. Or you could also bunt the ball and you could also run the first base. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to get the first base, you, you know, kind of thing. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. There you go. No, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And, uh, so yeah, exactly. You can get hit with that ball too. Yeah. So, there's something about, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, me, cause, uh, we both know Alex and we were actually talking about baseball last time. So it was, mm. it was funny. You brought up the, the baseball. You're a, a big baseball fan, I guess. Oh yeah, man. I love baseball. Oh, I have it. My, my grandpa used to take me to Padres games out in nice. San Diego and I got to see some really big names when I was a little kid. So mm-hmm. yeah. Gas so lamp I'm still What's that? You went to the gas lamp district. Is that correct? Gas oh yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember going to pretty, uh, pretty tough parts of San Diego before it was all built up before the convention center was down there and mm-hmm. it's pretty tough, man. But we went to rock and roll shows down there in the middle of middle of the warehouse district and me and my camera, man, it was, it was cool. <laughs> I went to San Diego for the first time ever last September. And I'm planning. Uh, I'm planning on going again this September because my daughter lives there now. But right on. I, I was just doing a lot of exploring, and I went down 
down to that area, the gas lamp, and I was walking through it. Really cool area. And just a funny story, I don't know why, but there was this, I don't want to say homeless person, but it was the place maybe. And I was walking with my camera. I'm over just minding my own business like I normally do. And this person started to kind of follow me. And I'm always ready. So I was like, all right, what are we about to do here? And he just comes up to me and he just starts talking random gibberish. He starts saying some weird curse words. And then he like does this weird gesture with his finger and his um, backside region. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to stay clean. (laughs) It was the most funny and random experience. Like, cause I've, I, I haven't experienced that in so long being outside of the u.s for so many years and right man it's this is the this is the u.s this is (laughs) it doesn't get any more american than that so i right man that person left i left my own separate way and it was just a funny experience all together but yeah you you know i go ahead i was gonna just say one last thing like how you mentioned your daughter is kind of following in the footsteps of you being photographer or whatnot and i'm kind of hoping my daughter does the same thing when she gets older because since she was born she's always seen me with a camera in my hand and she was always my main subject i'm always taking a picture taking a picture so uh there was a period when she actually lived with me for about seven to eight months and mm-hmm. it was the best time of my life best experience and I had so many cameras of all different shapes and sizes, and the one she particularly grew attached to, I don't have any more, but it was a little, small little Canon M50, one of their first mirrorless, really good camera, and yeah. she just loved it. And it was perfect for her, it was her size, but I can see that she has the Japanese in her, the Japanese photography gene. And she is very detail-oriented. She's very meticulous. So I watched her. She was setting up little subjects, whatever it would be. And she's over there zooming in with her feet. She's moving around, and she's getting to pose. She's actually a really good photographer for her age, and she takes better pictures than me. I won't admit that to anybody. Well, I just admitted that to the world. Yeah. She's amazing. She's really good. And... She doesn't notice yet, but she's actually going to inherit my Leica collection when she's of age. And um, beautiful. If she does get into photography, I'm going to gift her one of my film Leicas, probably the M3, since that was my first Leica. I would like that to be her first Leica. And ah, I want to teach her. I hope she goes down and she follows in my footsteps and does some kind right of on. photography life. Yeah. So right on, man. There's something very therapeutic about it, you know. Yeah. There's something, it does something to you. Um, and I feel like a lot of people need to experience it and whether it's film or digital, uh, it doesn't, you know, each one has its own properties and has its own, has its own therapy. Right. (laughs) So, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't shoot, um, 10 rolls and sit on them. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I don't you know, I don't, I don't shoot, um, 10 rolls and develop them and sit on them. Like I'll go out and, um, I will take my time with the roll. Mm-hmm. you know, during the day I might, I might shoot a roll a day, but I don't go out every day and shoot, mm-hmm. uh, a roll of film. So I don't want 
my photography to be transient. I don't want it to be uh, something that just um, like I'm just going to you know, print out and look at them and be like, oh, that's great. Next. Yeah. You know, I want this experience to be like really meaningful. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to bang out, you know, 200 frames and show the work yeah. and have it be just this casual thing. Like I want it to be like really meaningful. You know, there's a moment where I'm capturing this person doing this thing. And that is something that I cherish. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like if I'm going to let that shutter roll, it's got to be for good reason. And I know a lot of people are definitely like, you know, want to like, you know, take the shot and hope it comes out. Ah, oh, my hand focused, bang, bang, you know, click, bang, click, bang, click, bang, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but I really genuinely want to take my time and that role of film is not going to be something that I'm going to take lightly. Yeah. Um, something that I want to craft and, uh, you know, so there's that. <laughs> no, so I do, I do respect that. And, and I feel the same. And there, when you said sit on film, I kind of, I was chuckling and giggling over here because I sit on film, but not in the aspect after you explained it when I was laughing. So what I would, what I would do was I would just shoot, 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 and I would have undeveloped film. So that's where my sitting on the film was. I would just shoot it and I would just put it to the side. It would be there. And I was never in a real, a rush to have it developed. I, I can develop my own film. I just don't. I don't have the time. And when I say, like, I always tell people, oh, you can find the time. I, I literally, my my day is booked from when I wake up to when I wake up. That means I Thanks for giving me your time, man. No, no, no. This is part of the <laughs> this is part of the reason why I don't have time to <laughs> develop film. Is I can't develop film and record a podcast. But So I would shoot and I would just put it to the side. Now, there's a, a term I coin because I do POV YouTube videos and I want to do it more in like in an instructional, this is how I shoot, this is why I shoot, this is what I shoot kind of way. And I don't really do a lot of talking, I just shoot. I'm very slow, but I shoot fast. It's, it's kind of contradicting, but I'm very observant. Now, it's a term that I coin, it's probably out there, but I've never heard anyone use it before, shutter button discipline. And that means kind of like you were saying, Going out in a, in a rush to knock out a roll of film in a minute. I've done that before. Wasted many of frames. But that was part of the learning experience, right? So I, I grew past that. And like you, I want each one of my shots, even if it's on digital, if it's on film, I want something meaning, meaningful from that. And that's not going to say that I don't take those meaningless, like every photo should have a meaning. But I say meaningless. I'm just walking and, and just shoot a shot just to just to shoot it. You never know. Maybe something's really good in there. But right. so here's here's my thing. Like, I always want to shoot. I want to shoot every day. Complete opposite of you. I just really in love photography. Now, going back to my busy schedule, I have very limited time to shoot. I find the time to do it. But when I throw a roll of film in there, I want to shoot so much that I accept the risk and responsibility that I might go through that role in three minutes, one minute. Yeah. However, I might shoot it really fast. Yeah. But right. at the same time, I know that I don't need to. So kind of like you, now I know 
I'm walking, I see something I like, I like it, but I don't need to take that photo. I'm okay not doing mm. that. So at the same mm. time, I want to shoot it as fast as I can just because I don't have the time to do it. And I just didn't love making photos, but it's kind of like a thin line. Like I know I want to shoot, but I know I don't yeah. need to. Yeah. The shutter discipline, man. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, how do I shoot less? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Less is less is more. You know, that's kind of like it's kind of what I feel, right? Yeah. Well, so there's it's it's so contradictory. Like there's so many people put rules to photography. Ah, oh, shoot now, think think later, right? Or shoot now, look later. Whatever, whatever. You know, ideal ideals that they you know try to preach to you. You should just shoot because you want to. But for me, I I want to shoot something that's meaningful for the moment that I'm in, that I'm living right now where I'm at, you know, like, okay, I'm showing you, I was here. This is what happened at this point of the world at this time, you know, and a perfect example was kind of like you said, when COVID hit, right. I was very fortunate to have experienced Tokyo before COVID, during COVID and after COVID, I seen the transition of Tokyo And it was, it was pretty drastic. Totally. Yes. It, it was went, crazy, right? You went from non-COVID existing where people were packed in trains to, well, the people were still packed in the trains in COVID, but the streets were empty. And I seen that. Yep. And that was, that was very shocking for Tokyo. One of the largest populated, you know, per, people populated, you know, it was one of the largest populated cities in the world just to go and see Shibuya crossing with like three or four people crossing. Literally yeah. three or four people. And I don't think people understand that. Yeah. Like, you know, getting to the crossing and there's four people there. That was real. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, you know, I went last weekend, man, it was just nuts. And you know, like a lot of our friends go and hang out there and shoot there. And it's wonderful you know, incoming photographers from other nations, this is where they want to go. And, oh my God, I can't believe this. You know, it's just, this is the perfect place. You know, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's nuts, right? There's so much going on. It's like the street photography, like intersection uh, of gold. Yeah. Right. And then going there where it's empty. It's empty. Like, what do I take pictures of now? <laughs> It was almost diabolical, dude. It was like, who's doing this? Yeah. It was so empty. You could get a seat in Starbucks when, in like, as soon as you walk in, and that's I actually researched this. That Starbucks over there on the crossings, the most busiest and highest um, producing Starbucks in all of the world. Are you kidding? I'm serious statistics? Wow, that's proven. Wow, I didn't make that up. Wow, yeah. Wow. Wow, man. Thank God I don't like Starbucks, but. <laughs> I, I I dabble with Starbucks every now and then. I'm I'm teasing, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what has been for you? I'm going to ask you some stuff now. Like, what has been uh, sort of one of the most important things for you when you're shooting on the street? Could be anything. Like, what's what's something that's really important for you when you set out and you're on the street as a photographer? Like, Ooh, it could be that's like a, that's a really good e- question. E- Ease of transportation, you know, ease of your gear on you. Uh, is it important for you to be alone? Is it important for you to uh, 
be like over have oversupply of stuff? Like what's the most, one of the most important things for you when you're out and about? For me, it's always light and ready. And what I mean by Mm. that is if you ever see me on the street, I'll never take more than I need. Now, that being said, when I'm in Tokyo, I keep a backpack. And that's only because I like to keep my iPad so I can go into I'm gonna say Starbucks. I like going to Starbucks. I wanna go in Starbucks and I wanna read something. I wanna, you know, I wanna have the something light, but more than a phone. Right? Mm-hmm. Something a little more I don't know the word. But anyways, I'll I'll keep my iPad on me. But other than that, that's probably the heaviest equip piece of equipment I carry on me. I'll keep if I'm shooting film, I'll have spare rolls of film and then just my one camera. But if I'm shooting digital, I'll just keep my batteries. So that's it. When I'm in photography mode, I don't um it's not that I that the cliche all uh, one one camera, one lens. Like I have multiple focal lengths that I use, but whatever I choose for today is the one I'm going to shoot for the duration and I don't cool. I don't want to spend my time swapping out, so for me, I, I like that approach because it keeps me prepared. And yeah. I, I'm naturally comfortable in a 35 mil settings. And with that, I have a larger field. I have, you know, more to compose. But then when I swap to a 75, now I got to be more focused on keeping my, my distance in check. You know, yeah. it's, it's gonna be more compressed. So I'll never take more than whatever is on my camera. And if I'm shooting somewhere where I'm not carrying my iPad, it's just a small little bag. I like a light footprint because I like to, like yeah, I said, cool. I'm fast and I'm. I like to go in. I want to be in and out quicker than yeah. I need to. So, and so I, I kind of I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know, there's something about uh, about having too much on you, especially if you're out for hours and hours and hours. Like I yeah. just can't, ha- I can't handle having a whole bunch of stuff, man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> bless my friends, but they were, when we meet up and they go, Hey, I brought you something from my trip. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't want it, man. It <laughs> Mail it to me or something, you know? <laughs> no, I, I love my friends. And, uh, but there have been moments where I'm like, I'm all, I'm all packed up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got my small bag, a few rolls of film and an extra lens and, and that's it. Right. But then I get this big bag of like, Omiyage from somebody's trip. Like, Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> Mail it. Step back to the I got to carry all this stuff around. <laughs> I'm not going to turn down gifts, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I've been to uh, bookstores in Ginza, the Sutaya. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing photo book. Probably one of the best I've seen beside uh, well, in Japan, that's probably that is probably the best I've seen so far for street photography books. And I went there and I bought a few books. I wasn't planning on buying, and they're just so big and so heavy. I was like, I gotta go back to the hotel, and that completely yeah. that completely changed my shooting plan because I wanted to to go from Ginza and walk to Shinbashi and and all of that and take yeah. some trains. Now I had, totally. to, I had to go back from Ginza all the way back to Shinjuku to drop off these books because they were just too heavy. Boy. There's no way I can. Well, I could have, but that would have been painful. And when I when I yeah. when I'm in Tokyo shooting, I literally will either leave at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and I'll shoot mm-hmm. the entire process of the day 
the empty streets, the businessman going to work, the the uh, the not so busy trains until when they get full, and then you got the early morning Tokyo, you got operating Tokyo, and then you got nighttime Tokyo. Mm. Yeah. And, and there's so many, and then, and I shoot from when I leave my hotel to when I go back to my hotel to take a shower and go to sleep, and that's my yeah. process. I'm out all day. That's I'm beautiful. walking, and it's yeah. That's beautiful, man. I love hearing that because there's something about catching all these different moments, man. And then after a while, they also figure out what parts of the city have the light. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know what sort of what uh, you know uh, where can I go. Uh, in the afternoon or the early evening to capture that light, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be more open and still like engaging, you know, as far as content. Yeah, man, that's been delightful about living here. Um, knowing where I can go to find those moments at certain times of day. Well, um, I'm sorry. You can finish. Go, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to ask you where knowing that how, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. All right. So knowing Tokyo, how we know it, where would mm. you say is your favorite parts of the city at different times of day? Uh, well, I actually, I actually like going, um, I like going to Ginza when the, when the light is high, when the sun is high. Mm-hmm. Because there's, uh, you, know, you can go on, um, and you get off the main drag, the sun is high. There's a lot of, uh, really cool architecture, you know, Showa era, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. uh, buildings that have lots of cool stuff on them built, you know, decorative, et cetera. So I actually like shooting there midday mm-hmm. in Ginza off on the side streets. Um, in the morning, um, I, I like going to Shibuya because you can walk around and get all these different shadows from the morning light. And if you can sort of like traverse the core of Shibuya and find really cool stuff and really cool elements of light early in the morning. And I like that a lot. And at night, um, gosh, you know, Shimbashi is great. Um, I like going there because of all the izakaya and all the people hanging out after work. Yeah. Um, there are a couple other places. Um, uh, Oimachi, uh, I really like cause it's, it, you know, nobody, I don't know correctly <laughs> anybody goes there. Uh, they have like the little tiny izakaya streets mm-hmm. as well, but it's just a small area and, you know, going there and shooting there is a little bit more intimate. It's not filled with every other, you know, tourist, um, it's just people coming home from work. Um, so I like, um, places in the evening that are a little off the beaten path. Um, you know, it's always nice going to the more known places at night. Yeah. Um, but there's an element of discovery of discovery that I still love. And, um, if I want guaranteed photos, of course I'll go to, you know, X, Y part of town and, um, fine. But I just keep wanting this discovery, even, you know, five and a half years of living here. I want to know more about my nighttime photography, mm-hmm. uh, where it's going to be. Yeah. And I just, that's just epic, man. I'll take my, uh, like a Q out to 28 millimeter, 
shoot it wide open at night. Just, uh, you know, it's super compact, beautiful, got that rig dialed in. It's, uh, it's my go-to, uh, digital camera at the moment. And, um, it's just a, a beautiful thing and discovering uh, parts of town that I've never been to maybe on the North, the uh, Northeast parts of Tokyo, um, off the beaten path, man. That's, that's what I'm into. My day always, you know? always, always starts in Shinjuku. I think I have a little oh, bit really? of Daito Moriyama spirit in me. Oh yeah. And I love, I tell just, me more. So one of my mentors, he actually introduced me to the provoke era. And I knew some of the photographers, but I wasn't really familiar with the era. So while I known the photographers, mm-hmm. I didn't know the contributions to photography other than just me purchasing their street books, right? Right. And, you know, when he started explaining photography and the different eras and the different countries and the photos, he was talking about the Provoke era. And I started like, oh, what's that? And I started Googling it and I was like, oh, that's what that is. And then I started getting more into it. I got the reprints of the Provoke magazines. I got this really large Provoke book. And the more I was getting into it, it's just, oh, it's so mesmerizing. I love Japanese Provoke era photography. It is yeah, awesome. I, I love it. I absolutely do. But Daito Moriyama, he's from Osaka, but he primarily shoots in Shinjuku. Mm. And for some reason... I'm also drawn to Shinjuku the same way he is. And while I don't know, I want to say you can kind of see how the city just changes again throughout the different times of the day in Shinjuku. Yeah. Early morning, you got the late night stragglers from the parties, the businessmen (laughs) stumbling out of the izakayas and the bars going to work in the same suit and you have the people going to work and then the afternoon you got the business people and a lot of those party at streets, the, shift the shift change exactly <laughs> you yeah. know you see the business people taking their lunch breaks the shoppers doing their shopping close to the station there's always something raw happening in Shinjuku now that being said that's where I start that's most likely where I end. But just like you, I'm starting to explore different parts of the city, the northern areas, mm. and I'm just walking yeah. off the bean path. Have you ever shot in Ikebukuro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, um, but you know, only a few times. Okay. Um, I, I like it. That's another place I need to explore. Whenever I go up there, uh, I'm usually with uh, a friend. Mm-hmm. So every time it's been with another person. So, you know, uh, which I like, uh, but we're, we're talking, we're discussing what's happening, not only with, uh, with our photography or this, uh, the moment at hand, but like random other stuff. Right. So I need to go up there by myself. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I, I need to go up there so I can take it in alone mm-hmm. um, and get lost alone. Um, I think the next time I'll be up there is, uh, on the 24th, there's another camera show going on. It's starting on the 18th, I believe. Yeah. So, in, in Ikebukuro. So, I'm going to head up there and um, see if I can manage to hang out my, alone. <laughs> I would say do it. So, I went there and it was one of my days where it was just, I wanted to go to so many different parts of Tokyo. So I want to do the north. I want to do this part. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I got off the train and I was like, wow, this is a completely different city. Like, am I still in Tokyo? Right. And I started learning like what it was. It's heavily filled with Yakuza's and so many other stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you never knew that before, like you see it differently. So definitely oh. got to see it alone. You mentioned shooting yeah. with friends and I, I didn't really answer that before. But I like to shoot alone only because when I'm focused on photography, I kind of feel like I don't pay attention to other people. And it's, I don't want to say it's rude, but it's it's probably rude because we'll you're be in talking. your own head, exactly. right? Exactly. And it's not like if I'm with somebody and, and like, all right, we know our goal is to go out doing street photos. We'll be talking. But then it kind of seems like I'm zoning out because I'm more focused on the streets. <laughs> Hello, are you there? Are you gonna answer my question, Matt? Yeah. So, like, I if ever I do like street photo, I don't, I haven't done more than me and another person, you know. Okay. Well, here's here's the thing, man. We're gonna go and shoot together. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm now I'm primed to know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could you probably would have noticed uh, the first time we met was during that photo Kina sh- show. Where they gave us all that uh, old expired film. Yeah, the, the, rolls the and photo rolls. walk, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they split us all in groups. And we did, we made some really good friendships that day. But did you notice how I was just more kind of focused on making photos? I was watching you guys and we were talking. I was, wasn't yeah. very active in the conversation. I was listening, but then I was, yeah. I was back into photography mode. Uh, but I, I do have to say, thank you so much for the film that day. I really appreciate oh, yeah, no it. Worries. Yeah. And, you know, I, I relate to, I relate to your experience. Um, I think for me on, on that particular day and a couple other walks that uh, they've had, um, it's one where I know I'm going to be a social butterfly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, I'm prepped for that, you know? So yeah, but I I understand. I understand what you're saying. That was a great time. Great. Are they doing another one? Yeah, they're 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 pro- they're uh, preparing it right now. Yeah, because last time so, it was in May. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's just uh, you know, and it, it, what's strange is that I've been on a couple of them now, mm-hmm. and a lot of my friends have never been on them and don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, bro, I'm like there's like three massive boxes of film. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you don't know about this? They're like, we're down the street. Hasn't happened. You know, they're like, no, man. I who puts us on and. You know, it was yeah. cool to just actually, the first time I went and I picked out my roles and I was very much like, oh, I have to look at this, I'm going to look at that, da 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 And I got some pretty gnarly film stock, which yes. I'm very happy about. I was... The second time. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, so, so and then the second time... I basically said, I'm going to kick back and observe everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I want to see if they were like me, like, are they on the hunt or like, are they like picking and tossing, picking and tossing? Like, you know what I mean? Or are they, are they digging and separating? Are they looking through and how, you know, like what's, what's are people, they want color film. Yes. yes, they do. People want their color film. Right. I was like, I was diving in for that black and white That's stuff right. and, you want to know what, man? It was great because everybody was just like not into it. Mm-hmm. So I got like 
all these rolls of Kodak technical pan and like all sorts of really cool stock that everybody was like, nah, but Hey man, it's gold to me. So yeah, it was, I, I came up with some like off brand. I think the coolest one I got was like a Konica black and white film 400. I was actually, it was really expired. I was actually surprised it, it, it developed really well. But I was also oh, looking for some it. color film because a lot of the ones they had was discontinued years and years and years ago. So I, I had the experience to shoot it. However, since it was so expired and after I got it developed, it was muddy and it was unusable. Still a fun yeah. experience. I think now if I go to another one, I would definitely show up like really early just so I can kind of have the first picks. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know they were going to let you go through boxes like it was a, a garage sale and you're over here fighting for it. And you see someone grab the last box of Pro 400H and you're like, oh, if only I was there 30 seconds earlier, I would have grabbed it. And then they're like, right. oh, Pro 400H. And then they put it in their pocket. Yeah. Or that or that, uh, that uh, multiple box of 120 Pro 400H. Yeah, <laughs> that but one. I got to say, man, I got five rolls of that Konica. Uh, VX 400 if you want to trade for something. so I have no more film. I can't trade. <laughs> I shot it off, <laughs> and I purposely did that. A lot of people have been asking me if I'm That's still good. shooting film. Yes, I still shoot film, but my direction with film now is pretty much to shoot it as I need to or as I want to. I don't want to – I did the whole stock up and have – 500 rolls. I've, I've never had 500 rolls at once. I've had probably close to 150, but right. I don't, I don't want to get to that again. Only because, as I mentioned earlier, when I shoot film, I shoot it in bulk and I put it to the side. Yep. And yep. going back to I don't develop my own film, now I got to send it off. I can yep. buy camera kits with how much I'm putting into development. And that's yep. I don't want to do that anymore. So I'll buy I, I, one I or two that. rolls, one or two rolls, shoot them, enjoy the experience, yeah. and then just develop them. So, hey, I wanted to touch on something. Uh, you had mentioned that you went, got some photo books and these things, and you know, learning about uh, photographers and, and their uh, and their ethos behind the lens and their style and this and whatnot. And I have to tell you, like up until. Up until recently, I've never been that guy. Mm -hmm. I have never been, uh, I've never wanted to know who was shooting what. I never wanted to know uh, who, uh, who, who these photographers were. Um, you know, I knew uh, a couple of the big greats growing up and, uh, and I, I felt like, um, it didn't matter to me. A lot of people are like, Oh, you have to, you have to know who's doing what because they have this style and you can learn from them and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not important to me. And what has been really interesting is, um, a friend a couple of years ago said, Oh, your photography reminds me of a certain photographer. I was like, Oh, cool. Right on. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm like, I'd never seen their work. Um, so for me, um, I don't, I'm not trying to shoot like anybody. I don't have an influence. I have, I have no, I have zero influence from anyone when it comes to 
what I shoot, how I shoot, why I shoot, etc. But having said, my my friends, as of a couple of years ago, they are influencing me on um, on on what it is I shoot. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's kind of it. But um, I I know a lot of people are going to be like, what, what are you talking about? You never know this person or that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I just started buying photo books recently over the last, you know, moving to Tokyo. Um, and it's not because, uh, I feel like I need to catch up or anything like that. It's not it at all. I'm so whole, I'm on a different plane and I'm sure a lot of people are. This is like, I just don't care who's, uh, who was shooting what style? Yeah. Like Dido, never heard of Dido until moving here, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't care. And I think that's okay. Like, I don't think it's imperative for photographers to know who's doing what, uh, because, um, you can be delighted. Like for me, like, dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an old man kind of, you know? So it's like, now I'm discovering something new and it's, your delight. And now I can say, yes, I love what they're doing. And I love how, um, he's, you know, Saul is shooting through windows during the rain and he's using was Ektar or whatever, you know, uh, I just find that delightful on a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and six, seven, ten years ago, like I didn't know, I don't know any of these photographers, man. Yeah. And, um, I'm completely okay with that. Totally cool with that. And, um, you know, I, uh, I'm okay with, uh, you know, once again, going back and, and not worrying about what have people have to say about, um, uh, you know, like, uh, what's, what was I talking about where it's just like, you know, opinions and things like that. It doesn't matter, um, what people tell me. It's just, I find it delightful to be on this discovery mode of, um, you know, I walk into Staya and see 500 different photo books mm-hmm. and, you know, that Staya and Daikanyama, you can go there, you there's 500 different photo books and you're just like, what? So many. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I could be blindfolded and pick something from somebody I've never heard of. And that's pure delight. And, uh, so, um, my influence were my mom and dad, man. (laughs) And my, and my, my professor in high school, like these three people are the only people up until, uh, before I moved to New York, like my buddy, once again, Kevin showing me how to shoot slow sync flash photography um that was uh those are the, the most influential people in my life as photographers and i'm okay with that so anyway uh, can you can you recommend a, a photographer that i should discover all of them all of, of them. course <laughs> like 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 dive deep here okay so uh first i want to say i i completely agree like i i was some i was very similar i didn't know about world famous legendaries masters of photography i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't study photography that way i i got into photography because i loved to hold the camera i loved to make the photos and it it wasn't until i started learning what street photography was and how people were making images of everyday life right and i didn't know who henry cartier brisson was in 2018 and then I did. I didn't know who Joel Meyerowitz was in 2018. And then I did. 
And I don't want to say like their work has influenced my photography to try to replicate their images. It inspired me to see the streets as they did. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. So, so I never tried to copy a, one particular image. I never wanted to copy one of their editing styles of this and that and all of that. And I could say the same for social media and the photo books that I buy now. If I was to compare photography books to normal literature, I'm not a, a literary artist. I don't write books. Sometimes I like to read, and, and that's, the, the mm-hmm. I think, the benefit of photography books is they're there for your benefit to open your mind. It's like reading a book, but now instead of words, you have pictures, right? You're reading that photographer's story. And yep. I don't purchase the books to recreate their story. I, cre- I purchase their books to, one, support the artist. We should always be supporting each other. And two, I want to read their story. All right, what's this story about? Oh, wow, look at all these images. Again, going back to what I said earlier, I want to capture the streets of where I was at at this moment. And that's what they did. And, you know, most of the books are projects that's been years and years and years in the making. Same thing as a normal, a literate, like Harry Potter. I don't know how long it took the art, the, the author to write that book. Maybe years. I don't know. And now that's there. People have access to it and so on and so forth. And I was actually in Tokyo a few months ago and another photographer who I, I work with, um, he asked me that question, some, a similar question. He's like, which photographers inspires my work? And my reply was, it's like, it's not that they inspire my work, but I want my work and my photos to be my own. Like, I want to create something where when you see my photo, you know, like, oh, he created that. I don't want someone yeah. to see my, you know, my work and be like, oh, that's, that's Henry, that's Henry Cartier Brisson. That's a Joe Meyerowitz, but that's just made by this person. And that's something I would think a lot of photographers were trying to do to get notoriety through social media chains, that instant gratification, numbers, 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 likes, 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 follows, comments, and all that other stuff. But I think it's more beneficial as a learning process. And the thing I liked about looking at other people's photos is like, there's like, you can learn that there's a photo doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Does it make sense? Right. It doesn't have to be focused. Yeah, totally. It doesn't have to be sharp. And, nope. you know, there can be some, well, if you go to school, oh, it's technically, it's not correct, but it's still a beautiful image. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I have found the, the beauty of imperfection. Um, Wabi-sabi. and I actually, really, yeah, man, I love it. It's just definitely something that, um, I need to be more okay with, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that would be another good good step for me on this journey. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I think about all the times as a kid and, uh, you know, teen and growing up and now here, like what's one thing that I could, uh, I could definitely use more of as, uh, uh, sort of the spontaneity of imperfection mm-hmm. and just loving it. Um, you know, I, I think I need to, to play with that a little bit more, you know, in, in, in my head at first and then not trying to create it like, 
specifically, but just be with okay, be okay with moments that um, are not quote unquote perfect to me. Yeah. Read the provoke era. Look at I will. Yeah. Go to the Sutai and Ginza. I know they have it for sure, but you can probably order yeah. it online on Amazon. But they yeah, we'll have do. the reprints, and that, again, yeah. going back to you, you realize that photography, the the photo, it doesn't have to be technically perfect. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm totally into it, man. I'll definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, that's uh, there's there's a lot of change going on with me in my life right now. So uh, maybe that's something I can you know be more you know be open to more, you know, yeah. this sort of imperfection thing. So yeah, man. But, uh, let's see what else is happening. Oh God. I mean, I, I used to be on the hunt for cameras all the time and <laughs> I did the same. Now I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, now I, I don't want another film camera at all, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about my next digital rig. Um, and I'm really pleased with my, uh, M mount, um, camera, my M six. And I'd really like a, uh, an M mount, uh, like, um, so, you know, thinking about, uh, also this pixie camera out of France, those engineers in France creating this, uh, this beautiful, uh, ASPC, yeah, ASPC M mount, uh, rig that she's native monochrome. And, uh, you know, it looks like a, a, a very delightful camera, uh, that's on the list. Um, found a place, um, that uh, works on uh, M9s. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to uh, put that on the list. And, you know, uh, M10 uh, is just sounds delightful as well. So, you know, I'm not in a place to acquire any of those right now, but these are things that um, I like to sort of, uh, you know, wish for, hope for, sort of be in that state of like, um, uh, you know, sort of like living it. Yes. Uh, even before I get it, um, envisioning that's the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also like, um, how I sort of like to live, um, in a general, uh, my daily life, you know, I envision, you know, this is, this is how it's going to turn out. I'm going to have a great time. We're going to do this. I'm going to come home. I'm going to relax. It's going to be a great day kind of, and, and I'm going to shoot for this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, so I think, um, that's, that's, uh, hopefully I'll work out one of these days. Oh, it will. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, man. stay positive. You'll get it. I promise. Same, exactly, was, exactly. The same for me. Started with the uh, film M's and I was able to get my first digital M and happy can shoot film. It's the same, the same feeling. So, but yeah. I am. Um, I want to get your social media out there so people know how to find you. So please plug yourself. Anything you own that's yours and you like the world to be able to see your work. So it could be websites, Twitters, Instagrams, Vero's, yeah. whatever you Great. use. And you like people to Thanks. support you. Well, I, I'd say probably my main, uh, my main uh, uh, sort of, you know, channel here is uh, jgarcia.film and jgarcia.digital. Uh, those, uh, those are two places where, uh, this is on Instagram where people can see my work, um, on a daily basis. Um, you know, how I shoot, why I shoot, uh, different parts of town, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, the film, you know, I talk a little bit about where I'm at, what I'm shooting, uh, some funny moments in my, in my head, you know, trying to be comical. Um, 
And then also I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't know too many people in town here who are on Twitter, um, but they can find me um, at Garcia underscore Tokyo. And there I'm a little bit more vocal about um, what's happening in my life, whether it's, um, it's, it's mostly about photography. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, a few other things, uh, you know, I talk about here and there. So uh, once again, Twitter is Garcia underscore Tokyo. Um, I also have a website, tokyogritandgrain.com. And that focuses on my film photography. Okay. And uh, so those are kind of like, um, oh, and, you know, I have a photo book out too. So uh, people can purchase the photo book there, uh, find about um, if I'm at any shows. I got a couple of digital downloads, um, photo book downloads ebooks mm-hmm. uh, that people can download there too. So once again, Tokyo grit and grain.com. Um, and uh, Instagram is jgarcia.film and dot digital. And on Twitter is jgarcia underscore Tokyo. So yeah, drop me a line anytime. Um, if people, uh, Oh God, I've got a YouTube channel too. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. So uh, YouTube is Tokyo grit and grain. Okay. So I'll follow that channel. Know, Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, I just released a video yesterday. About, same, um, same, same, same. Yeah, okay, oh, let's do this, man. We're going to mutual visits here. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody's subscription on YouTube. And um, these are things I do for myself. Um, and this is part of my brand. This is part of, like, my whole being. Um, I'm not out there for... Um, likes and subscribes but they are nice i just um, subscribe now and uh it's a great way to it's a great way to you know meet people and to share our stories like we're doing today thanks yeah definitely i just subscribe to your channel it's funny so i i have at least i want to say eight videos that i have ready to be released on my youtube channel pov videos something short not too long but they can be long and whenever I'm in school, I don't have the time to edit them. The editing is so long because I got to cut and I got to insert and I got to do all that other yeah. weird, crazy yeah. stuff. And I got to make sure it's right. But I just re-released the video. So it's a re-released version. I was in North Okinawa shooting the Cherry Blossom Festival in one of the castles out there. It's real popular every year in January. And the first one... I, my idea was to release it with the digital and then once I got my film developed to insert the the film images, re-release it. But then I was like, you know what, Let, let's go a different route and completely re-release it, taking out the digital images. So now I have two of very similar videos, like so the video footage is the same, but now the inserts are instead of digital images... They're film images. So oh, cool. now you see both sides. So Yeah, see it in different light. Exactly. And the beauty is that was a day where I was actually carrying a digital and a film camera. So I had two cameras, but totally different mediums. So it's acceptable. I'll, I'll accept it. And... You can see my process of shooting is nonstop. Like, I don't stop to switch cameras. I'm shooting with two cameras at the same time if I need to. 
And uh, so, you, like, if you watch the videos, it's the same. But I don't. You, you'll you'll never see me like a long pause to stop and oh, let me grab this one out of my bag. It's very. Uh, it's tolling on. No, the I, I look forward to looking at that. Yeah, so I look forward to checking those out, man. Shoot, shoot. But there's right some on. more. I I do want to start releasing. I just a lot of them were film, and I just got the film back about two months ago, and I finished scanning in not too long ago. And film is just a, a long process. So uh, again, that goes yeah. back to sitting on it. I don't want to sit on it anymore. So shoot it, right develop on. it, put it in, get it out out there. So right. shoot and scoot exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I appreciate um, this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to um, getting on the streets with you. Definitely. And uh, and um, when you're ignoring me, I'll know why. Nah, no, I don't <laughs> ignore nobody. <laughs> Jeez, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, so I look forward to uh, getting on the streets with you and, uh, you know, just sort of um, experiencing some uh, moments uh, behind the camera okay. uh, together. And that'll be really uh-huh. cool. And, uh, and I actually look forward to, uh, you know, listening to more of these and, uh, seeing, um, and, and hearing, um, uh, our, uh, our peers. Definitely. You know, different parts of the world. But yeah. Right. Yeah, man. So anyway, uh, you know, thank you so much. Oh, uh, no worries. So thank you for being part of the show. I do want to just get one last question from you before we head off. And it's one of the most important ones because this is how I, I, kind of highlight and, and show the world of other photographers. So uh, last question before we depart is I would like for you to recommend highlight any artists, photographers that you know that you feel do not get the proper recognition that they deserve. Wow. That's dude, that is tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. I have not um, haven't thought about this one. Uh, ever. Um, wow. All right. I gotta, I gotta go to, I gotta go to Instagram here. Sorry. No worries. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, but this person, um, I, I completely, uh, I, uh, okay. Um, it's my, um, (laughs) okay. So Adam Benedicto, uh, he's a British fella who has, uh, set up some, some, uh, shows, uh, here in Tokyo. And I'd like to, I'd like for people to check out his work and I'd really like for people to recognize what goes into his work. It's very diverse. Uh, almost all of it is at night and, I'd say, you know, 99%, if not a hundred percent of his images are at night. And, um, he just has a really great way of seeing through things metaphorically and literally. Um, I love his edits. Um, I love, uh, what he's doing to capture moments, whether it's action or if it's just solitary stills. Um, Adam really, it's many marks for me. Um, and I want more people to know his photography. Um, his IG handle is, uh, Bene Dan, B E N E D A N underscore Benedin underscore. And he's just a really nice guy too. 
he's just somebody that he's calm. <laughs> he's, but he's also energetic and he's one of those people that listens. And, um, he's, he's got some, uh, you know, good British humor every, every once in a while that I, that I love too. So he's a connector as well. Mm-hmm. He's bringing people together. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, Adam is, is definitely somebody that, um, people need to, uh, you know, they need to, they need to, uh, be in his presence, man. He's, he's good people. He's good photographer. He's somebody that, um, people can learn from in more ways than one. All right. Anybody else? You know, the, the list is long, man, but <laughs> no you know, the list is long, but uh, honestly, I feel like he's the one, there are many, there, there, are, there are many photographers out there that, you know, deserve more recognition, but yeah. um, I'll leave with Adam for now. Okay. And then hopefully people can uh, see who he interacts with, uh, who he likes and who follows him, et cetera, et cetera, and who he follows. And uh could be a good road of, uh, of discovery for many people. Well, all right. I do appreciate it. So thank you for the recommendation. I will include his information on the show notes once this show goes up. And I hope you have a great day and the listeners as well. So thanks again. Like a Street Photography Collective, Dude. Jason Garcia. Thank you so much. I hope you have a really great weekend. You too. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Oiga, disculpe. Esta es una laica.